are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Here in Philippians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul, here he is in prison, and uh, I'm just going to read just uh, three or four verses. Philippians chapter 1. Look at verse number 20. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Sound like that man loved Jesus, don't it? He said, I'm just determined if it takes dying or living, Christ is going to be the one that's going to have the preeminence. You remember on one occasion that we'll read on to me, you remember on one occasion, I believe it was in Galatians 2, 14, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I'm living. Yet it's not really me living, but it's Christ. It's living now, you know, and the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved and gave himself for me. That bunch of Galatians was bragging on their circumcision and all that stuff, and he said, God forbid that I glory, saving the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says here, now look what he said in verse 21, for to me to live is Christ. That ought to be your and my desire for me to live is Christ. And look at this, and to die is gain, he said. Now in verse 22, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I would not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to be, to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. And then right here is what this verse really gripped my heart. Now, he's already said, I, I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm halt between two opinions. I tell you, it'd be so much better to go and be with Jesus. And then I'd like to stay with you folks, too. But look, notice verse 24. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. You know what this man's saying? He's not bragging on himself. He says God wants to... Use me to help you. You notice what he said? To abide in the flesh is more needful for who? Not Paul, but for you. You see, he never lost that burden. He's wanting to help him. Now, if you want to turn over there to the third chapter, let me just read a verse or two there. In the third chapter, look what he said in verse 17. He said, brethren, be followers together of me. And notice this, and mark them which walk, so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. You see how Paul loved that cross, and how he loved the Savior? And he said right here in this 17th verse, as ye have us, and as, and as an example, folks, I say this quite often, I'm happy or I'm hurting somebody every day. You ever think about that? 
You ever hear anybody say, well, that's a good old fellow there. He just don't hurt nobody himself. Oh, no. No, no. I'm helping or I'm hurting. There's people watching me and watching you. Your kids are watching you. That's right. I remember when, and by the way, you pray for my boy Steve. He's in the hospital in Chattanooga, and he's having a three bypass tomorrow afternoon. He's been having problems, and and not uh, and, and you pray for him. I was on the phone a little while ago with my wife, and Lord willing, about Friday I'm going up there, and uh, you pray for him. He's got some blockage, been having some problems, and I think what's bothering him more than anything, doctor says he can't do nothing for two months. <laughs> But uh, I think he's going to be all right. But I remember when he was just a kid. He's our oldest child. I was mowing the lawn. I was just happened to think about this. And uh, we, didn't, we, we kept a jug of water in the refrigerator, you know, back then. We had well water. And we didn't buy water and all that stuff then. And I was mowing the lawn, and I stopped. I was hot. And I went in there, and my wife wasn't there, and the jug was in there, and I... And I opened, I, I didn't know Steve was behind me. And, and he's a little old fellow, about five, six years old. And I opened the refrigerator and, and I kind of ducked down. And I didn't want to get me a glass, you know, some of you. Know, and I just took that jug and turned it up and got me some water. And all at once I heard a voice say, Daddy, I want some water. I said, oh, you do, son? And I think this is like a lot of us. I want to make an impression. So I go over and get a glass. And he said, Daddy, I don't want it like you. I don't just like you got it. <laughs> See, somebody's watching us all the time. You say, what you do, Brother Bobby? I just held the jug down. I don't be no hypocrite. <laughs> Let him drink. Let him drink. But maybe that's not a good illustration, but everywhere I go or you go or what we say, somebody is watching us. And the Apostle Paul said, I want to be a good example. And he said, it's better that I stay here because you people need, not that he is anything himself, but you need an example. You remember what he said in 1 Corinthians 15? He said, I'm not worthy to be a, a, a disciple of the Lord. He said, I persecuted God's people and so on. But he said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And listen, and he said, I labored more abundantly than you all. Now, if you to stop there, it'd sound like he's bragging. But he said, it was not me that labored. It was the grace of God, you see. And people need to see the grace of God in my life and your. And Paul, I see in here and he's saying, Paul is saying, I just like to stay here and be a blessing. And you know, as I look over this congregation, and there's a lot of people here, probably pastors and evangelists and young people going out into the ministry, let's, let's make up in our mind. Don't try to be something yourself or impress somebody or anything like that. Just say, Lord, help me to be an example to somebody out yonder of what Jesus Christ is like. Dr. Joe Henry Hankins, some of you remember him. Oh, what a preaching man. Dr. Hankins said, I always wanted somebody to see Jesus in me. He said, that was my prayer. Brother Scott, maybe you've known this, but he told, I used to hear him preach. He preached for me three or four times. He said, I was down in Alabama in a revival. And my wife was with me. And the pastor and his wife, after service, we walked down the street in a, the city is in and went in a, a restaurant to get a bite to eat. He said there was two ladies sitting there to move, and they just stared at us. And he said one was sat down. One of them just kept, she kept, she looked like she said, I know she couldn't get her eyes off of us. We sat there a while, 
And Dr. Joe Henry said that woman got up and walked back to the booth where we was at and said, Sir, said, I don't want to bother you, excuse me, said, you're a Christian, aren't you? And he said, well, yes, ma'am. Said, uh, I guess she was in the service tonight. This is the pastor here. Went on to tell her, and I've been preaching up the street. And she said, no. She said, no, we've never been in this place before. Now, back in them days, it, it wasn't interstate. And said, that's my sister sitting up there. We live up north, and we got a sister lives in Florida. We're on our way to see our sister. We stopped here to get a bite to eat. And, and mister, I, I'm a Christian, and I read my Bible, and I've never seen Jesus Christ, and I can't explain to you, but just something about you, the way you act, made me think when I read the Bible about Jesus Christ. Dr. Joe Henry said, I bowed my head and squalled like a baby and said, thank God my prayer is answered. Now listen, we shouldn't try to make a show, but when we walk down the street, whatever town you're living in, whatever country you're in, you're there to be an example. And you remember what Paul said, or what Peter said, don't turn to this one, but listen to what he said in 1 Peter chapter 5. He said, the elders which are among you, I exhort who also am an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory shall be revealed. Then he tells us, he said, You feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willing, not for money or filthy lucre, he said, but a ready mind. Now listen to this. Notice, I was reading this today on the plane. He said, Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but what being in samples to the flock. I want to say to you young preachers, when you get out here to pastor church, God don't want you to sit back in the, in the office and, th- and make somebody think you're some big wheel. And if you don't call you reverend or doctrine, you're going to get mad. And you think you're sitting there uh, to designate here and there. I find them in the hospital. I don't think you're independent, Baptist. I don't know what you are. But they say, our preacher, our new preacher, he says it's not his place to visit the sick people. His place. God deliver us from that high stuff. Uh, Peter says right here in this scripture, he said we are not to set ourselves up. We are to be an example unto them, my friend. That's what I'm talking about. And so let's be an example. Now I'll just give you two or three things I want to mention that I think is very important to be an example of. Number one is to have compassion. You know, Jude says compassion makes a difference. Dr. Robertson preached so many Lee Robertson in our church so many times. And I know Brother Clarence has heard him say this. And I think if I'm not mistaken, he said I've preached, maybe the last time he was there, he said I've preached in 1,700 and some churches since he had quit pastoring. And uh, in 17, I think it's 1,700 and some churches. And he's made his statement from our pulpit. And he said, I believe the worst missing link in our churches is compassion. 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 What is Compassion. Old doctor friend of mine used to go to him. He, he was an osteopath. Every, every Monday he'd, he'd work on my neck and pop it. Man, it felt good. And he went to heaven a few years ago. One day he was popping on my neck. He loved the Lord. He'd come visit our church a whole lot. And he, 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 he said, Preacher, do you know what compassion is? I said, I don't know. What do you think? He says, it's love in action. Oh, that's pretty good. 
That's what it is. And we need people to see love in action in our lives. The Apostle Paul needs to stay here and let them know that. Listen to him in Romans chapter 9. He said, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. To have continually sorrow for my people. I could wish myself to be a curse from Christ for my kinfolk. Boy, that sounds like a burden to me. You know what that man was saying? He said, if it be the means of my people getting saved. He said, I'd be willing to be cut off and go to hell to keep them from going to hell. Oh, how we need that vision and burden for lost souls today, my friend. Now, I may have been gospelite for several years, but I'm going to tell you those fields are white with harvest more than there was 54-plus years ago when I went there. Now, we've got some good churches in the Winston-Salem area. We've got 23 Baptist churches within six miles around me. Now, some of them's gone off wild as a buck on something and, and uh, got this old... Uh, contemporary junk and all that. But we still got some good churches. But let me tell you, we got more people that have never had anybody to sit down and tell them how to get saved than we've ever had. That's what I'm talking about. And folks, please don't misunderstand me, but in all my men, I've been trying to preach 60 years last September. In all my ministry, I've never heard so much emphasis put on missions, but I've never in all my life seen so little soul winning, getting out there and weeping and begging those souls to come to Jesus Christ. I'm just saying, I believe that's one reason Paul says here, it's needful for me to stay with you. I see him in Romans chapter 10. Listen, brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God is that Israel might be saved. Amen. He said they've got a zeal of God. They're going about to establish their own righteousness. But they don't know anything about the righteousness of God. Folks, let me tell you, it's all over our country. I was telling the pastor, he said, you don't mean it. It came out in the Winston paper uh, Monday morning, Winston-Salem paper. On the front lines, there's a woman's picture, Wake Forest Baptist Church. Now, Wake Forest was in Wake Forest, North Carolina, but back about 50 years ago, it moved to Winston-Salem. It's about 10 miles from me. Now listen, there is a woman who's a pastor there now. Her picture's on the Winston-Salem paper. It was Monday. I read the whole article. 29 years old. And it got said that their church out on the campus seated 2,500 and they've been wondering where they ought to build a smaller one or not. They run from 120 to 130, talking about morning. I don't know where they have anything but a morning service. But she said publicly, I am a lesbian. And she said in the paper, she said, you gays and lesbians would, would be safer if you'd come to our church, the Wake Forest Baptist Church. Boy, I'll tell you, our world's going to hell fast. I mean, she knows nothing about Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about. And, and Wake Forest Baptist 
Church was started in 1865 and used to stand just like this church. But what's happened through the years, brother, we've just let it go and let it go and let it go. And now we're full of people who don't know anything about Jesus Christ. I'm just saying we need that burden. That burden. Listen to Paul. i got to move on here. Listen to Paul, if you will. You remember in Acts chapter 21? You remember when he was wanting to go to Jerusalem? He had a burden for them people. And you remember this uh, uh, this fellow come up and took his girdle and 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 girdled him uh, his feet and his hands and said, "This is what's going to happen to you if you go." And people's weeping. And Paul said, "What mean you to weep and break my heart?" He said, "I'm not only ready to be bound at Jerusalem. I'm ready to die there for Jesus Christ." Listen to me, young preachers tonight. We need some old-fashioned, God-fearing. Preachers in this world, brother, I'll tell you, you get homesick, many of them's gone on to heaven. When I think about Dr. Tom Malone used to preach for us, Bob Jones Sr., man, I'll never forget the first time I heard him preach. I said, I guess he, I shouldn't have done it, I'm bad to judge. I said, I guess I'm going to hear some old dry or something, because he started a college. <laughs> brother Jack, he got up. And he, he held his hand like the old primitive Baptists used to preach like that. And old Dr. Bob said, you bunch of liberals, you're going to hell if you don't get saved. And he didn't stop one time. He just kept on going. Those old timers, that's what I'm talking about. Jack Hiles. John R. Rice. Old Dr. Rice made this statement one day in our church. He said, I'm like that old Irishman. Was riding a horse. And a horse fly was biting him. And he said, and he said he, that, old horse, that old horse was trying to get that horse fly. He said he kept reaching his foot up, reaching his foot up, trying to kick that horse fly. And he finally got his foot hung in the stirrup. And said that old Irishman said, if you're going to get up here and ride, I'm going to get off. <laughs> Dr. Howell said, I'm not going to ride that bunch of liberals. <laughs> I'm going to get off. <laughs> Folks, I'm just saying, let's be an example of somebody that cares. Somebody that cares. Oh, let me tell you how we need so much of that. And I'll put down something else here. I think the Lord wanted to leave him here not only uh, to show or to teach those people compassion, but, but consideration among God's people. You know, the Bible said, I've never preached on this. I get if I get together sometime, you remember what Jesus said? I send you out as I'm sending you out, Chandra, and I'm sending you. He said, "Be ye wise as a serpent, and while you're wise, be harmless as a dove." Well, there's a whole lot of thing that if you think about it. And what you're saying, brother Bobby, I'm saying we need to have a consideration, a consideration. Listen to what Paul said. This that bunch of Galatians. Those Judaizers come in there and got them. They, uh, Paul led them to Christ. And now they come in there and say, that's wonderful to be saved, but you better keep the law or get circumcised. You won't make it. You know all that. And you know what Paul writes in Galatians 6, 1? He said, brother, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Folks, we need... To be an example not only of a compassion for souls, 
but a consideration for people. A consideration for people. Oh, that dear lady that we buried today, I'd been her pastor 45 years ever since she got saved. I don't know what the people says. She lived her life trying to help somebody. I mean, the poorest of the poorest, she'd go after them. She'd fix them something to eat. She'd give them something all the time. What a testimony. And, 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 and let me, some fellows think that they're smart if they can blow their stack. I've heard some of these little fellows say, bless God forever, preach, I'll tell them so. You won't last long. <laughs> That's right. We need to have a consideration for people. The Apostle Paul taught that. Listen to him writing to the little book of Philemon. You know he'd been in jail over there. One this man on Eastmas to the Lord. He's writing now. Believe me. He said, listen, I, I want you to accept this man. He said one time, I, I know I know that he was no prophet, but he'll be a prophet to you now. now I, I, what he's saying, I want you to give him a chance. You remember what he said? He, he said, and, and by the way, if he owes you anything, put it on my account. I'll take care of it. That's what I'm trying to say. I read in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 where those uh, Christians that were very weak Christians thought you shouldn't eat that meat that had been offered to idols. And Paul said he liked meat, but he is considerate. And Paul said, well now, if it's going to cause a weaker brother to stumble, he said, I don't have to have any meat. He said, I can leave it alone. I wish we had some Christians with that kind of spirit today. Folks, it's not a compromise to, to be have a warm heart of people. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And I want to say to you pastors, love your people. Weep with them. That's what I'm talking about. Weep with them. Get in there with them. Don't try to be something ahead of them. Get in there with them. Bless God. I guess I just have some way those retarded kind just come to me. I tell my wife, got a lady now, she said she's there every Sunday, and she comes in on one of the buses from one of the uh, rest homes. She's got to call me two or three times a week. And I said, well, Clara's called. I said, preacher, call her. She's having a hard time. I wait a week, a day or two. I said, Clara, you call me. Yep. I was having a tough time. I'm doing better now, Brother Bobby. I said, good, I'll see you Sunday. <laughs> I got one come sets on the front row every Sunday. He's been coming. He kept telling me he wants some money. Wants some money. One Sunday, uh, the choir is singing, and the bus he rode, I guess, come in kind of late. And, and, and here he is, and people stretching their neck around, and come in by the organ, and over there is the rail, you know. And what he was doing, he had him a gallon jug. And he had some, he can't write, but he had somebody to put on there and say, Billy needs some money. And he was taping that thing to the wall over there. I tell you one thing, bus minister will keep you from getting formal, bless God. That's right. Yeah. I had one come in there, a lady come in, and she came for five or six weeks and sat right on the front row and looked at me and all at once. She said, I mean, after maybe two months, and she said, what's your name? The Lord always helps you. I said, I'll tell you after service, and just kept on preaching. I could tell you a lot of stories. 
I love them people. Old Billy, he loves his preacher. The one that put the money up over there. He's already reminded me July is his birthday. And that Sunday, my wife and to go meet him at a restaurant. There once in a while I go by and give him, boy, he can eat hot dogs, my, my, hot dogs and milkshakes. And I said, help yourself, son. He don't have no money the other day. He said, I got to get him a preacher or something now. I won't take you out. He wants to hug me. I love those people. God blesses me. And I don't love them like I ought to, but I love them. The little old children, the little old bus kids out there. That's what I'm talking about. I never forget hearing Dr. Hiles told me one time when he was down at Miller Road in uh, Texas. He went out to see the little kids leaving one morning. And a little girl come up to him and said, Preacher, I'm not going to be able to come back to church. We're moving. I can't come back. Brother Hiles said he told her, said, Well, honey, I'm sorry. She stood there a minute and she said, ain't you going to cry? <laughs> Dr. Howell said, I started crying then. People is hurting. They need somebody to care. Somebody. And we, I believe God has left us here in these old hard, hard days we're living in. Uh, preachers to get out there and weep over them and love them. Oh, you say that sorry thing won't never amount to anything. You don't know what he amount to. And that's not me. Brother, me and you are to go out there. You know what? That's Jesus one time. If my brother uh, uh, does me wrong, should I forgive him seven? He said to, to forgive him seventy times seven. We need some of that kind of Christianity today. And I believe it, Paul, when I read about Paul here, I see, and I'm thinking that's one reason God left him here. And then I will say that I'm about two. <laughs> Somebody say, thank God. Here's another thing that he needs to be left here, that we might have some convictions. You know, some convictions. Convictions on this book right here. Convictions on doing the will of God. You know, I see Paul in Acts chapter 20. He calls all them Ephesian elders together. And he said, now I'm going up through them. He said, you know how uh, for three years I've not ceased to warn you night and day with tears. And, and, and went on to tell how he had, uh, went from door to door and so on and so forth. And he said, I don't know what's waiting on me up there. Save the Holy Spirit, says there's bonds and afflictions. What you saying, preacher? Don't you think he ought to try? Once in a while, a fellow guy calls me every once in a while and says, Brother Bobby, do you know a good church somewhere that wants to do something? I, I just got so I tell him, no, I don't want one anywhere that wants to do anything. But God wants to use you as pastor to try to motivate him to do something. We want something on a silver platter. Do you know of a good church? I, my people don't want to do anything. Well, we're bent to backslide. They don't. But it's my job to get in there and keep plugging. And Paul said, I know there's bonds and afflictions, but I like what he said. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself that I might finish my course with joy. And he done that very thing. God left this man there. He said, I'd like to go on to heaven, but I want to be a help to you. And I'll tell you, God wants me and you to be helpers too, my friend. This man had convictions. In Galatians chapter 1, 
He said, now if anybody comes and brings any other gospel to you than that which I preach Christ Jesus, let him be accursed. He said, if it's an angel from heaven or me or anybody else, let him be accursed. The same man, listen, the same man said I would be willing to be accursed for my kinfolk in Roman chapter 9. The same man says right here, if anybody changes this blessed old book, let him be accursed, let him go to hell. You see, he had convictions, my friend. And we got to have convictions and compassion and consideration. And then we ought to have the right kind of conversations, too. Paul has much to say about that in the book of Philippians, about our conversations. Have the right kind of conversations. And then I close with this thought. God wants us to be consistent. Consistent. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I don't mean because I've been gospel light for a long time. God moves, fellas. I know he does. And I'm not saying it, but I, I wonder how much God has to do with a lot of things we do today. Don't you? <laughs> My wife and I took one preacher out, and his wife, while well, back to eat, was sitting there laughing and talking. And his wife said, his, na- his name, first name is Ed. And she said, Brother Bob, Ed used to say, the Lord, I believe, is leading me to do this. And said a few days, the Lord's leading me to do this. Well, I believe the Lord's leading to do this. Consistent about nothing. And she said, I told him, said, Ed, if you don't quit changing God's mind, he'll get mad at you. <laughs> you know. I wonder sometimes, I'm talking about Bobby Robertson. Listen, we need to be consistent. Consistent. People's looking for something real. And bless God, listen, just stand true. True. There's men sitting around here. Uh, I, I think of Brother Raymond down here. I've known him for Lord knows only how many years, you know. And oh, and Clarence and, and Dr. Gibbs, I love that man. He only thing he eat more hot dogs than I can. That's the only thing. But uh, men who are the same every time you see them. Be consistent. Be consistent. That's what I'm talking about. Just consistent wherever you're at. I mean, when things get tough, that don't mean God don't want you there. No, things are tough. Brother told me last week, he called me, and he, he, and he said, Brother Bobby, you remember 30, 32 years ago, he's having his 35th anniversary church. He said, 32 years ago, I'd been there three years. And I said, Brother Bobby, do you know of a church that's looking for a pastor? These deacons, i got two deacons here about to run me crazy, and I don't believe the Lord wants me to put up with them any longer. Do you know of a church? You know, it's pretty easy to ask God and then tell God to answer it. <laughs> And I'm not smart, but I just, something hit me that. This fellow's name's Paul. And I said, Paul, do you reckon God's leading you away or them deacons is leading you away? He said, well, man, I, Brother Bobby got me thinking. And I said, would you pray with me a little while? And I said, you think you can't stand it? You've been standing it for three years. I said, God's grace is sufficient. Let's keep praying. And about a year after that, he called me. And if that man's thanked me and he don't need to thank me, one time he's thanked me 20 times. Thank you, Brother Bobby, uh, for giving me that advice. He called me last week and he said, Brother Bobby, you won't believe it. I'm having my 35th anniversary at my church. And he said, I was about, listen, and I told him I'd tell it up here too. And I'm about to forget. He said, he said, 
There were some people I was trying to win to the Lord about the time I left was going to leave there. And he said they've lived in the neighborhood. And he said, just a few weeks ago, the old man we prayed for and talked to said, Brother Bobby, listen. Said, here I am fixing to get up and start. I believe he said he's preaching. Maybe it's an invitation. And the old man come in a little late and said he'd come down the aisle and start squalling. And said, preacher, I ought to got saved years ago. I can't go on like this. And fell down to the altar and got saved. He said, I've led two or three of his children, grown children to the Lord since. And he said his wife's under such deep conviction. She's fixing to get saved. Preacher, I'm so glad I stayed. My friend, let me tell you. I'm just saying this. Let's ask God to help us to be consistent. Be considerate of people. I've heard this old arrogant, well, bless God, if you had it, the other went on. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Some of the greatest people I know of fell into sin. And it could be me or you, but the grace of God. And we ought to consider other people and have compassion and keep convictions. That's what the cross done for this man right here. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.